This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Well, hello again from Philadelphia, where Newcastle United will play against Aston Villa tonight at the Lincoln Financial Field, which uh, is where the press conference for Eddie Howe took place last night. Um, it was a, another action-packed day for the media here. Um, there was no fewer than four press conferences at the stadium uh, as um, Thomas Frank of Brentford, uh, Silva of Fulham, uh, Unai Emery of Aston Villa and then Eddie Howe and Jamal Lascelles all faced the press and it was uh, it was very hectic. Um, we then made our way up to the unbelievable press box at um, the home of the Philadelphia Eagles, the NFL. I don't know if there's any NFL fans listening, but it is an absolutely awesome setup. And yeah, we made our way up there um, to to watch the game. Um, I was given the opportunity to actually uh, watch from um, I would say it's probably Philadelphia Eagles version of uh, of Level Seven um, at St James's Park. So I was given the opportunity to watch uh, from behind the goal, and it was just quite a breathtaking experience, really, because uh, you could see. You could see the city skyline in the background as as the sun set, um, and it was just quite an amazing experience to to witness that, um, and also watch a really good game of football. Um, we'll come back come back to that in a minute. Um, there's a few talking points about that, but I think it's probably best not to talk about Chelsea and Brighton too much because I know this is a Newcastle United podcast, so we'll. Um, yeah, we'll start with Eddie Howe. We'll not we'll not go in too much about the other managers because I know uh, people really want to just know about what was happening with Newcastle. So Eddie Howe, sort of bullet points, um, Harvey Barnes deal. You know, for the first time he said that he admired the player. Uh, that's the first time he's publicly stated he wants to sign uh, Harvey Barnes. A deal not quite done yet, but what he did say was he hoped by the end of this trip, Harvey Barnes should be a fully-fledged Newcastle United player wearing the kit and, you know, being here uh, with with his new teammates. So that was the big positive. The Alan St. Maximin deal still not confirmed yet. Uh, what happened with that one was uh, because there was a, an article in the build-up to last night about um, Newcastle's trading with an affiliate club and there's talk of complaints which uh, filtered through to Richard Masters right here at his luxury hotel in Philadelphia. Uh, and he was asked about it. Uh, and he just gave a brief reminder of the of the rules. Um, typically, you know, the Premier League Supremo, not really. It doesn't give a lot away. Um, likes to keep it all tight. So, um, so he did mention it, at least. Um, but remember, they're here trying to promote this Premier League summer series, which... Uh, they're doing a good job of because um, we'll come back onto that um, a, a little bit 
later in this podcast. Um, but back to how. Um, also, I asked him if he felt he could add more new players after Harvey Barnes. Obviously, you've got Tonelli and Barnes to come in. Um, Tino Livramento at Southampton's another target. If they can just get that fee agreed with the Saints, uh, that could be the third signing. But he's, he's still indicated, um, in his own words, said a few more. Um, I asked him about whether it would be another striker because obviously Newcastle have been linked with lots of strikers. Um, and I know it's an area that longer term, they probably do want to bring in another uh, centre-forward, possibly a younger player. Uh, but he said because of the way the market is at the moment and the soaring prices, which Newcastle have been quoted, as it stands, they've got to focus on other positions. But he did say a few more, so it's going to be interesting to see exactly how many players come through the door before that uh, deadline shuts um, in, on the 1st of September, which feels like miles away at the minute, but it will fly round just as just as this trip has when they're like day four of it already. So, so Eddie Howe spoke a lot about transfers again. Um, I mean, to be totally fair with Eddie Howe, he's been absolutely brilliant on transfers and he's given the fans as much insight as he can um, without messing up any deals. And I, and I think that, that's been brilliant this summer. That's now three press conferences where Eddie Howe hasn't shirked a question. He can't answer everything. He can't give full details on it, but he will certainly try. And I think what you've got to remember is with with journalists is we're here asking those questions, but we're really trying to carry the message for the supporters uh, and the readers the best we can. So, and I think Eddie, that the great thing with Eddie Howe is he, he fully understands that. He knows which journalists he's talking to. Um, he knows which publications they write for. I, I, I mean, I would almost go as far as saying he, he has a, an idea of the style of each each newspaper and, and what's required when he answers the questions. Um, so, good stuff from Eddie Howe so far uh, this summer. Um, what else was mentioned in the press conference? Jamal Lascelles was sat next to him. Um, it was confirmed he will be captain of Newcastle United again next season. Regardless of whether he plays or not, he's still deemed as the the main dressing room leader. He will wear that armband. Um, looks like Kieran Trippier, of course, will will take it on uh, on days uh, that Lascelles doesn't play. But um, Eddie Howe, basically, I mean, it's it's on uh, it's on YouTube now. But there was a brilliant clip of Eddie Howe at the end of the press conference. It was it was done and dusted, and they said, "Actually, I just want to say one more thing." And he pulled the microphone back across uh, the table and said, "Look, he wanted he wanted to praise Jamal Lascelles. Uh, he wanted to give him um, some public praise, really, and in front of a packed room of journalists. I mean, it must have been amazing for Lascelles to have that type of backing from your manager." Um, and saying basically, you know, you you are you are valued. Um, you're going to be involved. You know, Lascelles admitting he can't play in every game, uh, but if he is called upon, he's going to give it everything he's got. Which, to be fair, he's done uh, ever since he signed for this football club. So, I think there's a lot of respect uh, for Jamal Lascelles. Um, certainly for me as well. I mean, I, for me, ever since he. He took on the responsibility of the captaincy. 
uh, he's been fantastic from that championship season onwards. He really understands the club and the city and the fans. And I don't think he's ever really let Newcastle down because he plays to the very best of his ability when he when he does play. And sometimes it sometimes it doesn't come off for any player. But I think he's he's certainly uh, you know been a, a player that I think will be remembered going forward uh, for one of the guys at the start of the takeover who, you know, sort of made that, helped make that transition from the Mike Ashley era to the new owners coming in. So it was all good stuff on on Lascelles. A couple of quick points about the game last night. Um, first of all, what a match, 4-3. I think we've seen the best and worst of Chelsea in the game. I thought Brighton were... Impressive going forward. Obviously, they went one 0 up in the match, um, and Chelsea pegged them back. Obviously, Brighton did go down to ten men when Van Heck got sent off, and Brighton rallied towards the end, pulled a couple of goals back. It ended four three. It was just an unbelievable match. I know it was a friendly, but it didn't feel like it because of the venue and the crowd. It was sixty five thousand. 128 people there, I think. And what I what I did take from it was it and it was a little bit for me it was a little bit different to watching a game in a press box. Um it was more just you were able to savour the atmosphere because obviously I wasn't doing any major reports on, on Chelsea Brighton, but I was able to get a real flavour for the crowds here and it was mainly US-based fans, as as we, we knew it would be. Um, but what was fantastic was it was just a really good family kind of environment. You know, the guy who was sat near me had his three boys with him. And, you know, he was saying, look, we this is amazing for us because we don't get to experience this. You know, we watch it on telly. We stay up late um, to, to, to see the games. And they don't get to see you know the game right in front of them and to to witness these fans seeing premier league football for the first time you know we take it for granted because it it's all it's our daily life almost going going to going to premier league matches and supporting newcastle and you know watching the premier league every weekend but for these guys um this is their first opportunity to see it and you know to see the the responses of of the young fans, I just thought it was uh, it was brilliant last night to to witness that. So, and we'll see more of that tonight um, when when I'll be back in the press box. There is another game before that, Fulham v Brentford. So we'll see what um, it's a double header. So we'll see yeah, what what type of um, atmosphere is served up. And yeah, it's it's been been a positive enough trip so far for Newcastle I think they'll want to get the result against Aston Villa they know that it's it's going to be important but I think more more tellingly they, they want to put on a good good show for the for the paying public who've got their opportunity to uh, see Premier League football for the first time the other little point I was going to make was um, the referees um, they are US-based officials who are getting the chance to take charge of matches. And we've seen it before in friendies uh, in England where the referee can sometimes go a little bit lighter on, 
you know, fouls and cards, especially cards. But last night, um, he made no, he made no mistake um, in sending Van Heck off for two yellow cards. Uh, sometimes you don't see red cards in friendlies, but certainly they're sticking to the to the letter of the law here. And obviously, you give a late penalty as well. And to be fair, I thought the ref had a good game, but it's um, it's possibly just a little warning sign for tonight for Newcastle. You don't want to be picking up uh, red cards in in friendly games. Um, they had the two cooling breaks as well after twenty two minutes, and of each half. And basically, I was listening to some American fans as I was leaving, and they were like surprised. They were like trying to say that. I think, I think it was about 28 degrees last night. Um, they were basically trying to say that that's not that hot here. It's it's usually um, soars way beyond that and uh, they didn't see the need for, for a break. But I think these players, and Newcastle players especially, they've been working very hard. So they are they are going to be feeling some fatigue. So it's, it's probably a, the right thing to do. Um, and that's pretty much where we are. So I will do uh, do another podcast uh, after the game, which will uh, probably drop sometime tomorrow morning for you guys. And uh, yeah, enjoy the game tonight.